Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supertop Podcast. I'm Padraig, recording in Vancouver. And I'm Machine recording in Dublin. And this episode is brought to you by Feedhawk. We'll tell you more about Feedhawk later. Machine, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> Doom, I guess. Doom. <laughs> okay, so our we released 2.2. We talked about that last episode. It's been more than a week, so we know what the revenue from 2.2 is. How'd it go? It was really good for like a couple of days and then fairly quickly, I guess, more quickly than we would have hoped for or imagined, um, kind of dropped back down to around about the level that it had been at beforehand, maybe a little bit higher. Basically, at the moment, I think our revenue, our daily revenue is about like 60% of what we need it to be. Um, And so using our fancy spreadsheets, (laughs) uh, we can project forward. And I guess basically, like, essentially, we need to start looking into, like, having another revenue stream by about March at the moment is what it's looking like. We like we're so we talked last week as well about how like we're working on two point Castro two point three at the moment as well. So obviously that will come out in the meantime as well, and it could improve things or it could also be another similar um, scenario to two point two. Um, I mean I'm sure we'll get at least a bump out of it, but whether it'll like long term improve the daily revenue or not is another question. We could sit back and hope that that would happen, but I guess one thing that having this doom clock has helped us is to like, I guess the fact that we can see this now at this point, it's like just makes sense for us to maybe start making some decisions now rather than like when it's too late about what we could do to get revenue from from somewhere else as well. Yeah, that that makes sense. I think there are some reasons to think that two point three could be better. Like the launch timing of two point two, we kind of messed up a little bit. I think. Because we ended up moving, we had a target launch date and then our, yeah, our app review, I think, took a lot longer than we expected. Um, And then we had to move that. We moved it to Thanksgiving for about four (laughs) hours before we realized that that's kind of a big deal in the United States. Um, And then we moved it again. And our we got featured on the App Store somewhere for a few days, but it was actually before our new version came out. So that did, I think that might have led to some of the boost in sales, but then that feature ended pretty quick afterwards because they had the product red feature starting, which we weren't part of. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think we kind of screwed up our timing by moving our dates around too much. Um, So maybe 2.3, we can, well, I definitely feel like we learned that lesson and we'll be more dedicated to our deadlines and give ourselves more time to, to hit our dates. Yeah, we definitely have to be much stricter with, with the deadline next time set it more in advance and and hold to it it's hard kind of to hold to a deadline because you've set it up for like marketing reasons and then the app gets approved and you know that it's sitting there and you could press a button and release it but it's it's not the right time yet (laughs) yeah because that last one 2.2 had the fix for that big crash that i wrote the blog post about Mm. so i really wanted it out there because it's like i'm just seeing all the crashes come in but i mean yeah obviously you just have to wait another week and then and then you can launch it. So yeah, we'll get better about that for sure. Uh, one thing we we didn't plan on talking about this, but it just came to mind. Um, I've been looking at the like how we can do better in the App Store, um, in search in particular. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we talked about how we improved our App Store screenshots. We also we renamed our app. I don't think we mentioned that last time. Uh, it used to be Castro 
play and share podcasts and now it's castro a podcast app so castro podcast player castro oh yeah sorry (laughs) now it's castro podcast player and we wanted to get to having the singular word podcast in the name instead of the plural podcasts because that seems like a better search term but monitoring how our search rankings have gone after that change um it's been pretty bad. <laughs> we used to be really, we were still like, I think too low down to for it to be that relevant, but we were like around position 18 for the term podcasts, plural. And now after taking that out of our name, we've plummeted down to like the 200s for that keyword. Yeah, just drop right off the cliff. Yeah, and we didn't have an equivalent gain in the singular version. Like it didn't, it jumped up a little bit, but not much. So kind of the worst of both worlds. Um, but I got really stuck into, this is what I want to talk about, I got really stuck into like looking at the apps that are in the top 10. Um, so I was looking at who is there, and I got really hung up on Podcruncher. <laughs> <laughs> so Podcruncher comes up in the top 10 in the US. In fact, it's like... A podcast manager for managing podcasts or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very long name. And like we can, we've seen now that the name of the app has a huge impact on the search results. And so I feel like Podcruncher is doing better than it should be. The app hasn't been updated in more than two years. It doesn't support iPhone 6 screen sizes. Anyway, I I don't really want to complain about a competitor. So my complaint is that they haven't stayed on their updates, I guess. But maybe it's still a great app. But anyway, I think there are other apps Apple could recommend as... I think it's... It's the number two result after Apple's podcasts app, which is locked to be number one. So it's like the number one result for podcasts. So I think it's interesting to think about what search has to do, like what its job is for Apple. I think there are like two things, this two big features it has to have. One is if you're going to look something up, like if you're going to look up Overcast specifically or Castro, it should find that and the actual, the real one should be the top result. And that's fine. And it's actually reasonably good at that. Like Castro does come up most of the time if I search for Tweetbot or like any app name that's a relatively unique name, that'll be the top result. So they get that right. It's when you get into the generic terms of like, you're not asking search for a specific app. You're just saying, give me, show me all the podcast apps you have, or show me all the Twitter apps you have. That's where it gets way worse, I think. And just really weird things happen. Like, like Castro is a podcast app that is pretty successful, has been featured by Apple, um, and like it's the two hundredth thing in the list. And for sure, there are things ahead of it that have nothing to do with podcasts. Um, so I, I think that's really where it could improve a lot. Organic search would be such a huge thing for indies like us. Like if that was what if Castro was one of the first five apps that came up in search for the word podcast or podcasts. I think that would sustain us for a long time. Mm. Yeah, I remember having a similar chat about like that kind of stuff with um, John Gruber, name drop. At <laughs> Ool one year, I was like, I think it was soon enough after Vesper had come out, but it was a similar kind of thing where when you searched for like a generic term like notes, the search results were just basically filled with apps that weren't actually even notes apps. So yeah. um, I mean, there was some notes apps and then Vesper wasn't there at all. It was really far down. Um, so it was like a mix between like judging, I guess, the the quality of the some of the individual 
search results and then just the fact that like a lot of the stuff that was there wasn't even really related to taking notes at all right yeah no that seems like a huge problem and i guess i have some sympathy because it's pretty hard particularly i think a term like twitter is a good example of one that's in between where there is a twitter app and it should find that but also twitter is like a category of of apps and they have to rank apps based on different criteria like some apps are all free and some apps are paid so you can't you can't use the ranking of how many units went because obviously the free apps will just dominate i don't know how i would solve that problem i guess but i mean i think a good idea could be like more kind of general like curation and that like search results of not always just being literally like a algorithmically generated list of apps like if say for example if there was like if you searched for like a generic term like a music app or note-taking app that could be like sections of like okay apple an editor at apple chooses the best note-taking apps and then that shows up as a search result and you tap in and then it's like clearly uh like editorial or uh, like curated um like say for example like if you searched on google for like the best podcast app or the best podcast apps i mean you'll find like a bunch of like say Mac stories or um, I'm not sure of the, all the examples off the top of my head, but like essentially journalistic outlets who have gone through the store or like are aware of like a wide range of offerings that's out there. And like they pick the best ones and rank them and talk about their different features. Um, it could be cool like to see something like that, like more exposed on the app store instead of just always like an algorithmic list of, of search results. Yeah, no, I think that would be cool. All right. I hope things keep changing on the App Store anyway. But that was one I got hung up on just because of the situation we're in now where we're making less revenue than we'd like and getting high up in organic search would be such a win for us because we'd be reaching new customers. And like when we're featured or when uh, Mac Stories, our favorite blog to (laughs) name drop, I guess. (laughs) When we get press coverage, we make a few extra sales, but that's always like a one hit thing. And then it's over a few days later. But if we could somehow, over the long term, get higher up in search results, then that would actually give us some sustainability. I wonder if the fact that like we released Castro 2 as a separate app than Castro 1, like if that ended up hurting us in some way, that like we don't have all that same... like, like There seems to be like a high... like In terms of Podcruncher, for example, like there seems to be a high emphasis placed on like historical data, like how much... Like, even the fact that it hasn't been updated for like two and a half years, it still is doing really well there. And I just wonder like if we, if Castro 1 and Castro 2 like were the same app in the App Store, would that have somehow helped us in some way? And especially because, since Castro 1 was free for so long as well and got a lot of users through that. Yeah, I think at the time I really discounted that. And now I, I wonder what the alternative would be. I mean, I think we'd be out of business if we had done that because we needed to, we needed to like have the boost from Castro two at launch to basically keep us going. Um, but I wonder if that made it more difficult for us in search results over the long term. Yeah, there's some bonus to being around for a long time, or if you were around ages ago, you just somehow got in some niche like. I don't know if starting today and being there for five years would have the same effect as starting five years ago. For example, actually with Podcruncher, the name is more than 50 characters. I'm really going to just complete, keep complaining about that forever. The name is more than 50 characters, which you can't do today. If they release an update, they'll have to change that. But as long as they don't release an update, they're still benefiting from that. Okay, I'm done complaining about other people now, I guess. 
I guess we can take responsibility for our own business. Well, that's what we'll have to do now, I guess. So, <laughs> so if we need a new revenue stream by more or less, say, March, um, what are our, our options there for, like, how do we get another source of revenue on board like that relatively quickly? Okay, well, the, it breaks down into a few different options. We can try to, well, we can try to make more from products we have now somehow. Mm-hmm. Like do something that makes them earn more money. We can launch another product so we have a new revenue stream, or we can like buy more time, I guess, by doing some contract work. By what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not that familiar with it, but apparently, people will pay you to do what we've been doing for free, <laughs> like with money. Yeah, you like you make their apps and then they send you a check (laughs) so weird (laughs) (laughs) um so if we did that if we could find the right project and do that for like two months or three months and just try to bank as much of that as possible so that then we have a runway to to like build out some of the new ideas we've had i think that's definitely an option uh one kind of interesting thing is we've been talking about this for about two weeks since Castro 2 launched. And having this pressure has made us think of a lot of new ideas that I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. And I don't know if we would have thought about them so much. Yeah, there's been a bunch of stuff that we've been thrown around. I guess we won't go into all of them. We've been, I guess because we've been so focused on our own uh, Doom Clock, but we started like messing around with the idea last week of like making a a Doom Clock app. (laughs) Which would probably we would it would we were talked about like basing it on our app top hat, um of which we are probably pretty much the only people who use that app. So we would probably be the only people who use the Doom Clock app as well. But <laughs> yeah, I got excited about it for a while because yeah, it would so naturally either fit on top of top top hat or be like an easy thing to write with that code base. But then, like, how many other indies are there doing what we're doing? Oh. who have money to throw around on silly apps. I guess Top Hat is like probably the least successful thing we ever made, right? <laughs> of anything we've asked for money for, it's been like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, we we talked about doing podcast ads and we've had a few people be interested in that and that's really cool. But I'm pretty sure our podcast... I think our podcast ad revenue is going to exceed the total lifetime revenue of Top Hat quite soon. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't think it's too far off it already. Since it's not an app that many people use other than us, we should probably like explain a little bit what it is. Um, but it's basically like a little Mac menu bar app that like polls the iTunes Connect every day for your sales reports and just displays in a little drop down basically. Oh, this is how much money you made yesterday. Breaks it down between which products, groups all the in app purchases for. So say for example, we have Unread there, which has like because of like the revenue structure has a bunch of different in-app purchases in it, but it like just groups them all together into like this is how much you made from Unread in total, this is how much you made from Castro in total. Um, it's kind of interesting actually because I mean we made that app as like well we I think we started off wanting it to be like a weekend project, but then it ended up in like a week long project instead. But that was at a time when we were in the middle of developing Castro two. And I guess in a similar way to right now where we realized, okay, it would help us like get to the end of Castro 2 if we had like a an extra revenue source right now. Um, so we came up with the idea of doing Top Hat because 
we could base a lot of it on the code base that we had for tokens, which is a, another Mac app that we have from a good few, four years ago, I think, um, which is for generating and managing promo codes for your apps. Um, so we're like, oh, we can use a lot of that code base. We can make a really simple UI. We can do it in a day slash a week. Um, and it'll be nice. We'll have a, like a new source of revenue. Um, it didn't really work out that way, though. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't think we. I don't think we ever thought we were gonna. It was gonna be the one that like made us millionaires, but I was definitely hoping for more than we got. <laughs> well, one thing I thought would ha- that would help it catch on is that it's just running locally on your Mac and your password is in your keychain, whereas all the other services that do this, you have to give them your iTunes account and then their like their server is has their server has your password. Um, and I thought that would be a huge thing that would stop people using the other services, but no, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I use it every day, anyhow. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know. Do we? Did even a hundred people buy it? Maybe if we're lucky. Every once in a while, I notice that somebody bought it, and I always post in Slack when oh, somebody bought top hat. <laughs> yeah, it's a big day. <laughs> Nine dollars in the bank. Yeah. If everyone listening to this podcast goes and buys it now, we won't have to do contract work. <laughs> <laughs> so that was in the middle of Castro 2 development. Um, since we were in a position there where revenue was lower than what we needed to survive on, essentially, uh, we had to, I guess we had to look into other things. So we didn't turn to contract work at that stage. Instead, we basically turned to our savings accounts, right? Mm-hmm. And by my savings account, I mean I mean my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the truth comes out. Um, oh yeah, we had so going back a bit further, we did do some contract work right at the end, or right before we really started Castro Two. So we, we're not completely unfamiliar with that world. That's true. So we have been there, and it yeah, it worked. I think it worked out okay. Yeah, the last time that we did contract work was, I think, just before we started work on Castro 2. And we did some work with Panic in Portland for um, for maybe three or four months. That was this really lucky thing that worked out. Like, I don't think Panic hires contractors ever, really. Um, But we happened to meet them at WWDC. And one uh, one of their programmers, Dan, was taking, I think, taking like six months or a year off. And they just wanted someone to fill in on his project. So we ended up taking like two of us taking over his role half time each. So it was kind of a weird setup, but I think it was just happened to be different planets aligned and it worked out. Yeah. And we were, I remember at the time when we were saying, okay, we should do a couple of months contract work. um, And we started making a list of like, who should we contact? And I I think you suggested to me at some stage, oh, will I send an email to Cable? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, sure. But I mean, like that's, that's not going to happen. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> um, and then it did, and I was super excited to to work with those guys. It was fun. We should get permission to talk about that more sometime. Be fun to go into the details of it. Okay, um, so yeah, Doom Clock app probably not going to solve all of our problems. No, oh, we had some better ideas too. <laughs> um, but I guess one of the things like about like some of the ideas that we've been discussing over the past couple of weeks, I mean, some of them are products, or some of them are additions to products that we already have some of them are services um talk about being extremely vague here but um 
I guess the main my main takeaway from like all the other ideas we have is that like they could be cool long term, but I'm not sure how much of like a quick solution they are like to in terms of how we usually develop things, which is usually quite slowly <laughs> and very carefully. Um, I'm not sure like how quickly we could like turn around like a completely new product and like be making revenue on it by March, for example, especially since it's not like we're want to start that like right now today like we're working on Castro 2.3 and all the stuff that we talked about on the last episode so it's like we still have like a month or two of that ahead of us and then quickly enough after 2.3 comes out we want to turn around and have a new revenue source which is where the contracting kind of starts to feel like it makes more sense yeah no it starts to seem like a good idea and then as well we don't have another service that we're supporting like if we do contract work for a month or two and then come back like that's it. The contract work is in our past. We don't like have another new baby we have to look after. Mm-hmm. I got. We we can talk more about our different babies that we have to look after afterwards. But um, maybe you should I'll take a moment and we can let people know about Feedhawk. Yeah. So Feedhawk is a really nice app for iPhone and iPad for subscribing to RSS feeds really easily from your browser. So from your browser, you tap share. And you tap on the Feedhawk share extension. It pulls the website, checks for any RSS feeds. Um, if it finds multiple ones, it'll list them off. You can subscribe to them. You can even unsubscribe to them later from the same place as well. Works with most feed services like Bazcooks, Reader, Feed Wrangler, Feedbin, FeedHQ, Fever, InnoReader, Minimal Reader. This is a long list. Basically, whichever RSS feed reader service you use, there's a good chance that it works with it. It's really sweet little like single purpose app. I like that like it's all of it is like in the share extension, um, and it's for subscribing and unsubscribing to feeds and managing them. Works with most web browsers, so it works with Safari and Chrome on iOS. Um, it's really cool. Like it even works from other apps, like anything that basically can share a URL. So like even in our app on Red, for example, if you're reading an article, you can tap the share extension and then manage your feed from there, like from within the Feedhawk UI. It works on iPhone and iPad, so that's really cool as well. Um, Really recommend taking a look at it. So it's Feedhawk. You just search for Feedhawk, that's two words, on the App Store and take a look. Cool. Yeah, it's a it's a really nice app. I got it, um, got it the other day and I've been using it. Because one of the things on Red doesn't have at all, never mind like a share extension to let, make it really easy, is there's no way to add a subscription at the moment and hasn't ever been. I know that's kind of crazy, but <laughs> yeah, it's bananas. But anyway, that's how it is. Um, this fills in, particularly for on Red, if you use on Red, this fills in a really gaping hole that that app has. So if you're a non-Red user, you should definitely get this. And even, yeah, obviously, if you use any of the other services, it's still really handy to just be able to subscribe from from anywhere. It's a cool little app. I like seeing like like seeing someone just take an, a narrow enough thing and just doing it really well. And this is an example of that. So we'll include a link in our show notes, but just go to the App Store and search for Feedhawk. It'll be faster. <laughs> um, that Maybe we should talk about on Red a bit, because that is a product we have that maybe could make more revenue, mm-hmm. like as an alternative. Um so at, at the moment, OnRed doesn't make it a lot of money for us daily. Um, 
it's like between zero and fifty dollars a day i'd say or or weekly <laughs> or we, yeah i mean you can add those numbers up in a few different ways and they still don't come out to huge amounts um what is the last yeah okay last week was about two hundred dollars so not that much i just checked that in my app called top hat um, okay um so yeah we could i feel like on red should be able to make more money than that and we haven't paid we haven't done a major update to on red for a while we've kept it alive and made it we make it work on new screen sizes and like when ios changes we keep we fix the crashes but we haven't like had a big feature release in a while maybe that's what we did wrong though maybe we should never have made it work on big screen sizes and not updated it for the last two and a half years (laughs) yeah the the secret to app store success never do that too sarcastic Anyhow, despite that, I don't think that's the secret to success on the App Store for us, at least. Um, so, like, what what should what could we do with Unread to kind of make that be like giving us a bit more input? I guess. So there's the like the master plan where all the pieces come together, <laughs> like that would be kind of amazing to do, but I'm not sure that it's the right investment of our time. Um, which is we. We make our own feed updating service. At the moment, Unread just connects to whichever one you're using, um, Feed Wrangler, Feedbin, whatever. Um, and then that those services are what manage the syncing, and they provide you with the web version or the desktop version, um, and Unread just piggybacks on their services. So we could make our own. Like we've built, we've done it effectively for Castro too. We have our own servers that scrape RSS feeds and add them to a database and provide them to an app. So loads of that code would be reusable. I'm sure there would be like significant differences and difficulties uh, that we'd come up against, but like for sure we have a head start. And then we could try change to a subscription model, which would be like a way, way better business model for us than always trying to have hits. The downside is it would just be so much work. I think it would take us like a year if and that would just be to build that service and integrate it with our with our app. Um it wouldn't be like the web version that we would almost certainly need or the Mac version that we would probably need. Yeah, once you start like building your own service, I think the big part of that, well, obviously building the service itself is also huge. But yeah, I think it's the cross-platform stuff for at least like it would have to work on a Mac, like whether that's in a web browser or in its own native app as well, which like makes it so much more complicated and makes it like we have the advantage when when we piggyback on the other services of not having to worry about like every platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also established good competitors. Like Feedly's free service is, I think you can subscribe up to 100 feeds mm. and then you can use it use it on Red. You can use the web version, which is pretty good. Um, and then it's $5 a month once you go over 100 feeds. And, once, and they have other features too, but that seems like the big gating thing. Um, but like these guys have been around for a long time and... <laughs> Yeah, I think like one of the things that like first like really drew me to the idea of like thinking that this is what we should do with Unread is this it's um like this impression that I had a while ago where it's like even though it's fundamentally like the like a podcast service that scrapes podcast feeds that pulls podcast feeds and sends out episodes and a very similar service that does that for news and and pushes out in, to a news app um was like there was this established convention that it was 
reasonable to charge a subscription for the one that does news, whereas not so reasonable or expected to charge a subscription for the one that does podcasts. Yeah, um, that's so interesting, isn't it? Like that that's just Yeah, that's just how it is that if you want RSS feeds that have text in them, it's okay to pay a subscription. But if they have an audio file, then like no way. Mm. I think it's maybe like did it happen with news because like when Google Reader shut down and then like some of these more smaller independent ones sprung up and then maybe there was like this idea that like oh if we don't want this to go away the way Google Reader did like we have to be more responsible we have to like pay our monthly fees whereas it's not like Google ever had like their centralized podcast distribution thing and then they shut that down and then everyone was like oh we really have to value our our podcast um provider and and pay them money Mm. do you think we could like if we had apps on multiple platforms that were syncing do you think people would pay a subscription like that we could move to that model i don't think we could do it now because it it still feels like it could all just be happening on the device even though it's not Mm. but if there was sync between different things then maybe it would come across more yeah i definitely thought that we could like maybe like a year ago when we started talking about it i'm a little bit less confident i guess in that kind of idea now it feels like the free tiers of some of these other services just seem to be getting more and more compelling like the idea of i don't subscribe to more than 100 feeds for example um Mm -hmm. yeah the fact that i can i could personally get away fine with like the free tier on some of these other ones makes me less it's probably like a little bit of a blinkered view because i'm just worrying about like what i what i like i can use other ones for rather than what everybody else could but um yeah the free tiers just seem very difficult to compete with Mm. and the overall trend seems to be away from rss too like it still exists and it's not going away completely but i think more and more people are getting their news from twitter and facebook he said in 2016 about 10 years after that happened (laughs) um yeah, or there's like different style, like Nuzzle, for example, which like basically, yeah, I think like pulls, yeah, it like uses Twitter and as like the backbone to like then like provide your news like in a centralized way, but it's not based it's not based on your subscribing to RSS feeds. Well, let me put it a different way. I I think when we invest time and money in Castro, there's a reasonable long term view there where podcasts might continue to grow a lot more. Where if we got into RSS, I think we. I don't think that cake is getting bigger. I think we'd be like fighting for, we'd have to take some share away from someone else to get anything. It wouldn't just be new users. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's the big version of like the dream for Unread. And I, I think that is the long-term vision still of what I'd like to do when, like when our... When we have infinite time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, it's not like it's never going to happen, but I think we need to... I think we could definitely grow on red into something that makes us more money and is like and leverages systems we already have in place. So I still would like to do that sometime. Yeah, but it's probably not the next step, I guess. Yeah, as you said, like we launch 2.3 in January or February or March and then we pretty much right away need something to be making us money. So mm. a one-year project isn't the isn't the answer. But there are other things we could do with on red short of doing a full doing that um like we could patch up some of the long-standing issues like not having subscribe and unsubscribe in the app um we could add a few more services 
go universal instead of being two separate apps because that's super weird nowadays um yeah it feels that's one of the things well i mean at, yeah especially adding and removing feeds and then but the the idea of having to keep telling people that there's like separate versions on the app store and we get a lot of support where people don't quite understand what's going on with that um and even in terms of like from a promotional point of view or from like doing like the quote unquote proper thing that apple wants you to do um i just think like ha- ha- like making it a universal app would just i guess ease some of the friction there i think if we added those things and one or two other things we've talked about that could be 2.0 and it wouldn't be like a earth shattering new approach to rss feeds but it would be like a nice update to the the app you already like um i'd really love to switch back to just being a simple paid app um i'm not sure that's the right call but in my mind it's like unread is not a starter app like you can't you have to already have a feed service set up Mm -hmm. so it's kind of for people who like know what they want and i feel like that market is maybe more it's more feasible to just have a paid app and even maybe it's a dent it's a drawback to like be free and look like you have a bunch of in-app purchases Mm. yeah no it's interesting because i mean the reason why it's free i mean the reason why it's free within a purchase is more like it was more of a technical i mean it was completely a technical um for technical reasons rather than a business decision why we did that um when we after we bought the app from jared and we wanted to make sure um, people were going to be able to, who had paid Jared for the app, weren't going to have to pay us up front just to keep using the same app. Um, so yeah, we did it where we, we made it free within our purchase and offered a free in-app purchase to people who we verified had already um, purchased the version from Jared. So there was a lot of hoops there that we like made ourselves jump through. Um, I think... Like the idea of going universal, I think we've talked a little bit about like how would we do it, and like obviously one of those apps would have to go. I guess the iPad version would go, um, and the i the one that's currently the iPhone version would become a universal one. Um, yeah, but we'd like we'd have to find. I think we'd probably have to try to find at least the best way to like let people who already had the iPad version unlocked but hadn't done the iPhone version yet. Like we need to try to like prompt them to move over to the universal version um so it would be, it's going to be like a little bit more like hoop jumping i think when we get around to it but at least then we would be in like we'd just be in some standard situation instead of having all this weirdness yeah it would be nice to just have the one app again um so yeah that's i think that that sums up like the medium version of what we could do and then yeah, it, it definitely seems like a shame to not try to... Like, there's not... The, the subscribe and unsubscribe stuff is missing, and that sucks, and I acknowledge that, but, like, the app works when you once you get FeedHawk and work around those things. Um, the app works great. So it's... I don't feel as obliged to release a new version just because we haven't released a new version for a while, but it's also, like, in the back of my head that we... I feel like we have this asset that we could be making more out of. Yeah, totally. Like, would we ever sell it to someone and just decide we're the Castro company and we want to focus on that and we don't want to have to worry about keeping on red working or building new things? Hmm. Um, In a way, it would be hard to say no, but it's also... I haven't... 
very I still have like this strong attachment to it for some reason like I don't want to I wouldn't want to let it go but um mm. I mean yeah I'm finding that question harder to answer than I imagined I would <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah if like there's definitely a number where if we got it I'd feel like okay it sucks but um but like this is buying us time so that we can do more Castro stuff and also folk the focus like you said of like okay yeah we'll just do the just do the podcast app and like do it as to the best of our ability on as many platforms as we can for example and yeah it'd feel like a little bit of a failure because i remember when we bought castro sorry when we bought on red from jared the dream was that like we'd have these two products that are both making decent amounts um and i'd like to still get to that and there i mean there are ways that we can make on red more relevant even with RSS reading not being the biggest growth market in the world. Hmm. Like Instapaper just got sold, or got sold to Pinboard, and I think they've shut down their servers or they're shutting them down. Um, we could probably step into that somehow and, and like add an Instapaper type service or try to integrate with the Read Later service in Safari or something. So like there are ways we could move that app along in an interesting way that I'd love to do, but again it's all just choices so yeah i mean the the app has definitely played a big part in like keeping us going for this long i mean i know we're talking about like like so we, it's not making us that much money right now but there's been stages when it like was doing a lot better for us um i would talked a bit earlier on about like some of the different things that we've tried at different stages when we needed extra revenue streams like when we did the top hat thing or did they work with panic or whatever but like on red was there for us during like some of the stages of like developing Castro two? Um, I feel like without if that hadn't been there at all, it would have been even more difficult for us to get to the point where we launched Castro two. So maybe that's sh- maybe that shapes my attitude towards it a little bit. Like, oh, it's this beautiful app that took care of me for. A- <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'd like I'd like to keep working on it. Um, so yeah, that's. I mean, there are a few other ideas we had of things we could work on and new services we could start, but I guess we could save them till we make any decisions. Yeah, should we wrap it up? Feels like a downer to wrap it up now, but anyway. (laughs) I know know what'll make you feel good again. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I have a bunch of five-star reviews for our podcast here. Oh, cool. Nice. Let me see. Where did I have them? Oh, I like this one. A little... Oh, what's it? A bit gritty, but that's the modern world. I'm not sure what. <laughs> Thanks, Adrian O'Connor from from the UK. <laughs> I'm not sure what exactly what part of our podcast is gritty, but I like it. I like the idea that we're gritty. <laughs> oh, here's one from the Schultzer from USA. I like this actually. The title is "Most Self-Critical Inside Inside Full Coders Podcast Available." <laughs> that's we're winning on the self-critical charts. <laughs> Um, started listening just because I wanted to hear some context and learn lessons from two successful uh, <laughs> indie developers. But wow, Ushin, Podrick and Ashin's chemistry is great, and their self-critical introspection of their business, their goals, and their approaches to constructing software, mixed with huge helpings of self-deprecating humor, keeps new episodes of the Super Top Podcast right at the top of my podcasting inbox. Wow, cool! Thank you, thank you, the Schulzer. That's a nice review to get. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to read you one more. It's very short. From Luke in Australia, it just says, love those accents. That's the whole <laughs> review. 
<laughs> nice. Five stars just for that. <laughs> oh, and did you see LDE Padua from the very first week that we read out reviews? We complained that he only gave us four stars. Or she? I don't know. Anyway, it says updated review now with 25% more stars. Oh, yeah. That is nice. <laughs> I love 25% more stars. We can bully people into moving their fours to fives. That's good to know. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, everybody who wrote reviews. Um, if you feel inclined to write a review, we'll be very grateful. Thanks very much. Um, we didn't talk about it much, but it, I guess this is an epilogue, I think. I know you said the episode was over, but let's just have a little epilogue. So we did the call out for ads, like to see if people were interested in sponsoring the podcast last week. Um, and I think we the response was a bit better than even I had hoped for. It's been pretty good. Yeah, it was great. I mean, we're we're booked till February now. So obviously, like it's like it's at a pretty low price. I mean, it's like a so it's like a hundred dollars. We we're charging them for like free chat. Um, just seeing like that response kind of made me think like maybe there is a chance like I guess this is a slow burner not like a quick thing that's going to turn around but it would be really nice if we could like keep ex- like growing this podcast I guess and have it become like a like a reasonable percentage of our income would be pretty sweet wouldn't it yeah no that would that would be the dream all right um and we have like so we would need a lot more listeners for that to happen mm. um I'm still I'm, I think someone who started a podcast 10 weeks ago, or sorry, 10 episodes ago, um, would be very, very happy with the number of listeners we have if they weren't. Like, I think we got a boost from being, like, already having a presence with Castro and stuff like that. Hmm. But, but yeah, so it's it's going well. Um, but, yeah, if, you wanna, if you're listening to this podcast and enjoying it, then please recommend it in any way you know how. And <laughs> the reviews really help on the iTunes store, too. And like, unlike app reviews, they stay there. They don't go away. So you don't have to keep doing it every time we release a new episode. Although you can. <laughs> um, thanks again to Feedhawk for sponsoring this episode. Um, definitely go check it out on the App Store. If you subscribe to RSS in Unread or any other app, highly recommend that you try out that app. Cool. And yeah, if yeah, we're still taking sponsorships for February now, so get in touch. Happy Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year, happy everything. And we'll be back early January with the next episode of the Super Top Podcast. All right, bye. Bye. Okay, stopping.